All right, cool. I guess let's move on to the LA Galaxy, who finished fourth in the West last year um, under Greg Vanny, uh, which I think was their first time making the playoffs under Greg Vanny uh, because ever since he was hired there, I kept saying he was going to make it, and then uh, they struggled a few times. But uh, they exited the playoffs after losing to LAFC, as we just talked about. Chicharito had 18 goals last year. Jolovic had 11, but uh, some of their D- other DPs like Douglas Costa, Samuel Grandsir, Kevin Cabral were not really all that for this team. So I guess just reflecting on LA Galaxy's year last season. Yeah, look, uh, looking here at the standings, they didn't, I believe they finished fourth or fifth. I, I forgot where, where they finished. Look, they, they, they had, no, they finished down the bottom. Look, they, they didn't finish in the top. Fourth. That way. Right. Fourth. They finished fourth, yep. Um, and, you know, you had a lot of their DPs, uh, or specifically Douglas Costa, did not perform well. Kevin Cabral was a, was, a, was a terrible signing. That's why he's no longer with the team. Um, you know, last season, even though they – once they signed Ricky Puj, it was amazing. He's, he's, he's another player that I love watching. The way he takes control of that midfield, the way he – he, he's his elite passing, just the way he slows down the game um, for, for, for the Galaxy and their team. It was just impressive and amazing to watch what Ricky Push could do on the field. And I think when I, I was like, man, if you had a, a DP, either the DPs, either Douglas Costa or Kevin Cabal was able to perform as someone as a, a, a okay level, I think they were, they were just, they performed for what they were getting poured very poor. Uh, you know, Chicharito was only was only consistent DP. Um, you know, Douglas Costa got injured. He got a red card. Kevin Cabral was just getting pushed around. He really lacked a lot of confidence. Um, so it's kind of tough, even though they, 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 they went two out of three on the DPs, or one out of three on the DPs. They made a great, great run. They, they battled with LAFC all the way till the end. It was a last-minute game winner. A heartbreaking game game winner that that moved on to LAFC because I felt like that game between LAFC and LA Galaxy was gonna was was had the chance of winning the MLS Cup because just the way LA LA Galaxy went finished the season hot they're the hottest team going into the playoffs and that's what it is when it comes to momentum it just so happened there was just, LAFC just had more depth and that's that's when it beat them they just had more depth and and them losing to to a good team I think last season. I think they were disappointed how they started, but they finished strong. But I think when you have these type of signings and you have this type of coach, like a Greg Vandy coach, you expect them to go a little bit further, a little bit, at least have a better, at least to be able to meet at least uh, an LAFC in the Western Conference Finals, you know. Um, I think that's what this team has the the talent to do it. And I think that aspect was disappointing, but I think the way they finished the season uh, was was very strong. And now we look on to this year, but I think – the, the French project, uh, bringing, um, uh, you know, Grand Sir, uh, Kevin Cabral, and uh, who was other, Ryan Ravelson. You know, if you look at it, it wasn't really a successful camp. It wasn't really a successful project, bringing in the French guys, because they brought a lot of French guys, because to me, Grand Sir was, was the best signing out of those. But he was making north of 900000 and he was effective. He did score a lot of goals against LAFC in the big moments. 
but he just wasn't able to be as consistent as you expect a player that, that makes that much money, and now he's not with them. And uh, on a system that depends on wingers, they're very thin on wingers to start this year. And like you said, there's 18 days left till the season starts. You know, they have a, a DP slot open. Uh, what are the signings? <laughs> You'd like to have the DP, you know, now to get used to them, you know. And, you know, you, you're going to have to count on – Douglas Costa right now to be one of the wingers. And, and, and if he can't stay healthy, you know, you kind of scratch your head right now with the Galaxy. But look, they're very talented, even with Ricky Pooja and everything like that. They can have somewhat a successful season. But there's a lot of things that, that are hurting the Galaxy with, you know, not having the opportunity to sign players over, over, the, over the summer transfer window. So they got till what is it, April 24th when this transfer window closes. All right, I want to get into um, kind of the juicy stuff, the stuff that's been blowing up Twitter. Uh, I know because this will this will be quite a, a topic to kind of cover. I know a lot of LA Galaxy fans are not happy. Um, a lot of league fans aren't happy. Um, since 2014, Chris Klein took over. They won an MLS Cup uh, under his reign. But since then, it just has been kind of in turmoil. It seems like the club has just declined. The product on the club, you know, on the field just isn't there. And then you have LAFC come into the league, and LAFC looked like the darling child. They're spending the money. Um, there was a scathing article um, when uh, Chris Klein was suspended by MLS uh, for the Christian Pavone um, 2019 stuff with this transfer. Uh, it seemed that, you know, Chris Klein uh, was given uh, some leeway because of the financials. He brings in a new sponsor for the kits. He's bringing in great revenue, breaking records and, and, and TV ads and all sorts of different things. But then, Galaxy fans, of course, are not happy because the product on the field just doesn't match what they're spending and what they're doing and how much money they're bringing in. Fast forward to this offseason, and Chris Klein is now given a contract extension. Uh, can you kind of talk to just this situation as a whole? What's the vibe around L.A.? I, I mean, I, I can see clearly what it is uh, amongst the supporter groups, but can you kind of just give us the lay of the land on, on what's going on with Chris Klein and how the fans and how does this all resolve? I, I just don't feel like there's really a solution that's going to make anybody happy. Yeah, look, it's bizarre to me. You know, Chris Klein, obviously we know now he, he's being he's being judged by how, how, you know, by the type of money he brings in. But, like, obviously I think in, in the way the Galaxy are being, you know, they're owned by AEG. If people aren't familiar with who AEG, they own Crypto.com, who is also Staples Center. They own Coachella. They own the LA Kings. They own the Galaxy. They know own a number of venues and events and stuff like that so it's, it's a big 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 corporate company and to me galaxy falls probably in my opinion near the bottom or it's not a priority let's put it that way it's not a priority like potentially crypto.com or coachella or whatever um to them and i think you see a, 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 a an individual like chris klein um who gets to keep his job even though the product on the field is not good right you talk about you know not winning championships, and I think to me it, it would just, would just it's, it's just so odd when you look at you know you even if you're AEG, you get to living in LA and being there, you get to see how LAFC has just kind of taken over just just within the city of LA. You see more LAFC stuff, more LAFC paraphernalia all over the city. Um, I, they just won a championship, like you know what I'm saying like it doesn't get any bigger than that, right? You just won a championship, right? And um, the guy that's at the helm gets to keep his job, and you're like, "What is going on?" Right? And, and it, to me, it just never it made sense. And I think to me, I've been saying this. I think AEG just needs to sell the galaxy. 
because they're 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 not a number one priority. Their fans is not number one, not a number one priority. Um, the way this team is being managed is not a number one priority. They also put players and coaches in an odd position to be in. Like obviously, you you want to you want your fan support, but you also you're not going to go talk bad about your fans because of what's going on. So you and then you also got your boss, who's Chris Klein, coming to see you guys practice, who's getting torn up on Twitter by the fan. So it's just like, if you're a player, a coach is just so awkward, right? Greg Vanny has to answer for Chris Klein and all these different things. It's just such a weird uh, work dynamic. And I think it's just weird. And I, I look, I, I don't know how, if I was Chris Klein and, you know, I'm assuming he's making millions of dollars to be in that position. So it's not a position he's just going to want to let go, um, you know, that easily. But whatever him and uh, Dan Beckerman, who's his boss, I, th- I had a, a, a supporter actually reached out. He wanted to be a, on my podcast. He had been supporting the Galaxy, I want to say since the beginning. He'd been in the supporter group since 2014. And he said he was just fed up. They all collectively decided to, to boycott the team, all the supporter groups, because they were frustrated uh, um, by Chris Klein's performance and why. Even when the team announced, the team didn't even announce that he got a he got a new contract. They tried to, like, be sneaky about it through like a YouTube video. And I think that's what really pissed off a lot of people was like, you can't even be direct or honest. And I think you get to see how Galaxy, go, how they run their business and how they go kind of like a snake oil salesman, it feels like. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the best way I can describe yep. it. That's how, that's how the Galaxy are running the business with their fans. They're, they're snake oil salesmen. And it's, it's just like, like, bro, people can see through the BS. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, why, like if, no one likes to get treated that way, right? And I don't know what AG things are like, oh, yeah, it's just these soccer fans and everything. To me, it's insane because if you had a person who knew what they were doing, they would make way more money than Chris Klein is making for them. Look, LAFC just got a $10 million a year, I think $10 million a year or a million a year deal with bmo right for 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 the rights uh, i think it's a t- 10 million for 10 years or something yep. like that, like a million a year or something like that i could have the number wrong um but like galaxy could do the same thing if they had someone that was a little bit more competent and you know uh was doing a couple more things and for whatever reason ag dan beckerman they don't they they don't see that and like yeah chris Conn is making you money but imagine if a person knew what the heck they were doing they would make this team way more money you get better signings you get more people in the stands because as far as i know the way that mls the teams make money is, is by obviously the jersey sales the ticket sales and all these different things and it, to me it just seems like ag is okay with the mediocreness that we see from chris klein i don't, I don't think he's 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 losing the money. I don't, I'm shocked he's not losing. Them. I don't know how that. I don't know how that's possible. I just I'm, I'm flabbergasted, and I'm like, damn. And I think you know, it just gets to think like, I don't know what he does. Like I literally don't know what he does, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be rude. I no, I get it. Yeah, know, I literally don't know what he does. Um, they don't have a at the time that I don't know if they have a stats person and all these different things that normal clubs have. They didn't have that. And that all falls on Chris Klein. Like, how do you not have this uh, type of stats and looking at stats on how your players are when everywhere in the MLS and around the world have all these, you know, these people that take stats and all these different things. They don't have that. And I'm like, what do you like? What do you do? I've seen him a couple of times. Um, and I just I'm just I just don't know what, what he does, to, to be honest with you. And I don't know how is how much he does of the recruiting and the type of players they're bringing to me as far as since Greg Vanny's come in, since 
when uh, Guillermo Barroscoloto, Guillermo had the context of Argentina. He's the mm-hmm. one that brought Christian Pavone. He's the one that brought all these uh, Argentinian players and all these things. I don't think that was Chris Klein. Maybe he was cleaning, finesse, cleaning up the deals or whatever, but I, I just don't know what he does. And it, 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 it's unfortunate for Galaxy fans and it's unfortunate for what they got to go through, but it just that that's just their reality. And, it, and it's unfortunate for them um, because even with all that going on, all they're going on, they almost beat LAFC last season. And you're like, I think if you if you just got to be thinking, they're like, damn, imagine if we had someone that knew what the hell was doing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's not that hard to, 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 to convince players. Maybe now it is with LAFC winning a championship, but it's not that hard if you start to change the culture. And I think what I'm noticing from, from MLS players are like, if you have a chance, LAFC is your first option and Galaxy is second option because you don't really want to play in an empty stadium when you compare it, right? And, and you don't want to play when you're playing, fans are boycotting and, and you see the atmosphere of what LAFC can bring. And if I'm a player, say, I'm right, I'm going to go over there. They can go, I can go play Champions League. I can go there. I feel like I, it looks like people play, all the players love it there. You know, all the players love it. Galaxy just seems like the ownership. It's not the fans, it's just the ownership. It's, it's bad and, and the front office on how they're doing it and I think it's just it's bizarre to me and I don't get it and we'll see what happens because fans supporters are there I know there are some fans are, are still going to go to the game um and look fans should do what they want they want to boycott they want to boycott they want to go they want to go and it just it's just sad because because this is a big game this is Galaxy's home opener game they used to play at the Rose Bowl you could sit up to 100,000 people 90,000 people whatever the number is um but we'll, we'll have to see. I don't know if Chris Klein is going to look at himself. And, and you know, because typically people in, that, in, a, in a position like that, in a situation, be like, man, maybe I should step down. But I don't, I don't get the sense from Chris Klein thinking like, thinking like, hey, maybe I should put someone else, uh, this team ahead of me and step down. And it's, I, I would just feel weird to be in a position where no one likes me um, and still continue to be working there. I, to me, it's just insane. But look, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean, this should be the premier MLS franchise, right? Like, this should be the biggest club. There's still so many articles over in the UK when somebody's linked to LAFC that calls them the Galaxy because that's the Mm. name they know, right? It should be a slam dunk to have... I mean, you won so many titles. You're the one that brought Beckham over. It should be... No problem. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm looking at all this stuff. Chris Klein, obviously, I've been watching old games on the Apple TV. You know, he played at Galaxy from t- 2007 to 2010 um, as a midfielder, but then somehow became the president in 2014 without any history of being. Yeah, I think he was working within the front office yeah. career. He had worked in there. And then I think the guy that was the president at the time, Look, I, I don't know everything, but he got promoted to that job because a guy that was there left and he just got promoted. Like, so it was just, but look, it just goes to show that like, just because you played in the league doesn't mean you're going to mm-hmm. be successful, whether it's a coach or someone in the front office. And he has, he's had more, more than enough time to prove, to prove, uh, to prove that he, that he is the right guy. But look, if your bosses aren't going to fire you, if your bosses, you can only blame Chris Klein so much, right? If AEG, yeah, at a certain point, it has to go to AEG, yeah. Yeah, if AEG and the, and the heads of AEG are okay with it, then it just goes to show that there's a big disconnect with the fans and, and, and the ownership group and the, the front office people. 
Because when you have a professional club team, yeah, your fans are always going to be upset, always going to say, but you at least want to know that they have your back. And it doesn't seem like you have your back. And I think it's just so weird how some of these companies operate and you don't have the core of your customers who are the fans and the supporters. And you don't listen to them. And it, it's not like it's hard for like the Galaxy to recruit another GM. I don't think it would be hard. I think there's a lot of people that'd be like, oh, that guy's out? Oh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely go put my hat on that. I, I can definitely, definitely run this club way better than he did. You know, like there's, there's plenty of other people that whether – the Sounders or wherever, just name it, anywhere else that you've had somewhat uh, uh, somewhat of a success and now you can manage a team in LA, you have the resources, you have the brand of the other galaxy. There's just so many people that would, would I, I would I would assume would want, would could take that job and do a much, much better job than Chris Klein. But if AEG doesn't see it that way and they're okay with what I think what Galaxy has mediocre in this mm-hmm. of that, then it's only going to go so far. And I think maybe this is what has to happen in order to get new, maybe new new front office folks and everything like that. Not everybody that works at the Galaxy is, is bad. I'm going to say that. There, there's amazing people that work there. But right. Chris Klein being the face of that and, you know, fans wearing clown shirts and everything like that of your face is just, is just <laughs> insane. It just kind of just, just overshadows of the, the work they're trying to do. So I have a main question as an outsider that's watched Galaxy um, last season. You know, Chicharito was scoring um, a lot, but then kind of near the end of the season, I feel like Jovalich came in and started scoring a lot. But it seems like Jovalich would never start, right? It was always like coming on to save the day or they couldn't figure out a way to play both of them in the game. What's what's the answer there for this year? Is it possible for them to both play in the same starting 11 or is it going to be sort of the same story as last year? Look, that's what I've always wanted. This goes back to Greg. Greg, What Greg has told us, he said he doesn't like playing a 4-4-2. He just doesn't like it. And I'm like, I don't understand why. You have guys that double-digit scoring. Jovalich was a way better – way better option than Kevin Cabral ever was. And that I knew that since the beginning of the season. He would come in, you give him two minutes, he already scores a goal. And I think what Greg Vanny, from what I from what I saw, he, he just said that Chicharito and Jovovich are the same player. And I'm like, okay, they are. But, like, what's wrong with two players that play similar and can score goals? Like, that that's something I could just never get through my mind. Like, I just – I'm like – and that's where I think uh, there's a little bit, like – um I just, to me, like, I think Greg Vanny is a great coach. Um, he's a solid coach. But to me, it's like, how, do, how can you not make two goal scorers work, even though they play the similar, right? Like, are you not willing or open to switch your formation to adjust what they have to do or play one ahead of the other? Like, even if, you know, like a 1-1-1 one, one, one at the top, you know? Like, I just didn't understand that. And you, you saw – Jovovich stepped up in the biggest moments. He tied that goal against the against LAFC two two, so it was going to essentially take it to overtime. It could have been any anybody's game. Um, and Greg Greg Vanny just doesn't like playing that. Now with the limited wingers that they have, if they don't get any wingers or any you know signings here soon, they're gonna he's gonna be forced to play a three five two. I've been a Jovovich proponent, and look, Jovovich was consistent throughout the whole season. The reason why he didn't get he didn't get any minutes was because Greg Vanny kept playing or play as many games as he should have. Greg Vanny 
kept playing Kevin Cabral over uh, Greg Vanny kept playing uh, a bust of a player who was Kevin Cabral and who was Greg Vanny's guy. He was, he was just too stubborn to me. Greg Vanny was just too stubborn. on wanting to keep playing Kevin Cabral um, and just uh, Kevin Cabral never was never the guy. Unfortunately, he was just never the guy. And we, we just saw that Kevin, Greg Vanny really wanted to ride Kevin Cabral. That wasn't the solution. Uh, Jovic was a solution, and what what he's proven, um, we'll have to see. But I I think to, I think I've always always mentioned this. I always thought it was, it was a mistake uh, for him not to be able to figure out. And if he can't figure out how to play two goal scorers, look, it may not be easy. It may be different. Maybe the depth and the bench is different. But why not go with your heavy hitters? You know, you know, Jovic can go ninety minutes. Maybe mm-hmm. Chich, Chich is the one that that can't play probably probably eighty eighty five minutes, but. And I, that's something to me that still boggles my mind. And people are like, oh, it doesn't, I'm like, bro, I've, I've been watching this game for a long time. Anytime someone can score goals, it doesn't come around easy. Like, give that man as many minutes. He scored, what'd you say, 11, 12 goals? 11, half, yeah. Half, half the minutes, half the games. In my mind, doing simple math, you give him the same minutes that Kevin Cabral got, or the same opportunities, because Cabral had amazing opportunities. He just couldn't finish. He couldn't finish. And I was like, in the back of my mind, every time I saw that, I was like, oh, that was Jovovich. That would be a goal. That, that, would, that would be a goal. And that's what everybody kept saying. Um, he's already said that he's the future of the Galaxy, the future of the Serbian national team. The Serbian national team is, was pretty solid. I'm assuming you saw them go up against Brazil. They're, even though I think they didn't make it past the, past the, uh, past the group stage, but they, they're, they're a solid team. They have, they have, they have a, a lot of talent there. And Jovic, to me, I, I love watching Jovic play. I think he deserves more minutes, and I think he deserves to play. With Chicharito, I just, I just don't know why. That still boggles my mind. I hope we get to see him play more, and I think if Greg is able to adjust his formation because you have a player like Ricky Puj who could, who could give him that service, whether it's Chicha or, 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 or Jovic, because I don't know. You, you, you just have two goal scorers there. Look, there's other clubs that play 4-4-2 or play with two strikers up top. I don't know why Greg Vanny doesn't want to or struggling to figure out how to play them together. Yeah, it should always be, in my opinion, it should always be, uh, you know, not sticking to a rigid system because that's what you like. It should be, if I am handed these players, I have to work with what I got, right? So if I have two strikers that are going to put up double-digit goals and I'm going to try to get both of them on the field as much as possible together, you know? Yeah, you tell one of them to drop back more. You're going to tell Jovic, obviously, to drop back more because mm-hmm. he's not going to want – Chicharito's not going to be the one depend, uh, defending, you know, right, without right. respect to him. It's Chicharito's going to be the one up top. And I, I don't think Jovic would have a problem with that. He wants to play. Like, that's just – you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he yep. has to do the dirty work. And, you know, so I think also also depends on the matchup. also depends who you're playing. But I think for most for most teams and most games, Jovic could be that guy to start with Chicharito. All right, so looking ahead to 2023, um, they uh, they go and sign Memo Rodriguez, Chris Mavinga. Um, their defense was just not great last year, um, gave up upwards of 50 goals, um, have struggled tremendously with defense, it seems. Um, they're struggling to find players to get into this team. You talked about it at length that just the, the fact that they just seem to not be able to put, you know, the pieces together that they need to put together, figure out how pieces play together. Um, I mean, looking forward to 2023, Gio, 
is there positive things that this Galaxy fan base can look for? And what do you expect from them with, I mean, I mean, there's no transfers coming in in the summer. They have a transfer ban. They can't get transfers in. There's all this stuff with Chris Klein. It's got to be a distraction for Vanny. Like you said, he's got to work with the guy. Um, he's his boss. I mean, what, what does the 2023 season look like for this Galaxy team with very little added and, you know, really just kind of in this spot where they're just going to be playing second fiddle to an LAFC right down the street? Look, it's going to be a tough season for the Galaxy. Um, I, I think it will, especially not being able to add, you know, players in the summer. So you got to add all of them before April 24th, before the MLS transfer was it closes. So, well, look, you, you know, you lost Grant, sir. You need to pick up another winger. I don't, I don't think even Douglas Costa is, is, is going to be that guy. You know, unfortunately, <clears throat> you're going to have to ride with him for this final season. Um, the good thing is you have a goal scorer. You have, you have Chicharito. You have two. We just talked about them. Right? You, have, you have them. The other thing is you have a whole, you're going to have a whole season with Ricky Puj. Ricky Puj was amazing. You have Mark Delgado, who was also amazing. I feel like they're going to have a strong midfield. Their midfield is going to be really, really strong. Um, you know, you, you just got you just got a lot of depth there as well and what they, what they can do. The issues come on the defensive end. Look, it's unfortunate for Juan Araujo, who was, who was, who, who was supposed to go to Barcelona. Uh, he was, he, it didn't happen because Barcelona was 18 seconds too long, whatever. Yeah, that was it's awful. Un- <laughs> that was horrible. Yeah, I feel, I feel terrible for Juan Araujo because he deserved to move on. Yeah, especially, you know, even though if it was going to be with Barca, or Barca B, he deserved to move on. Um, and it's crazy how life works. You know, he has to come back and play with the Galaxy. Maybe he can develop his skills. and Maybe he can go to Barcelona during the summer. That's the one positive thing is that they're getting Julian Araujo back, uh, uh, right back. Um, you know, I'm assuming Raheem Edwards is going to be at the left back. And then you got Sega Koulibaly and then Martin Cassettes. And Martin Cassettes, I believe he came during the summer, summer transfer window uh, last season. So now you're going to have another full season with him. You have a solid goalkeeper in Jonathan Bond, even though they were scored on a lot. A lot of the, the stuff was just because, like, the center back pairing took the LA Galaxy a lot a lot because it was Derek Williams. Sometimes it was Koulibaly. Sometimes, I believe it was Eric Savaleta. There was just injuries. So, like, Martin Cassettes and Sarah Koulibaly could be, that, could be those guys. Then you have somewhat of a solid foundation with Raheem Edwards and, and Juan Arajo. Where it gets tricky is if Drew and Araujo leaves, the Galaxy can't bring any players, but their players can't leave. You know, so that's 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 the that's the tricky thing, right? So if Drew and Araujo leaves in the summer, which I think he should, and hopefully the Barcelona interest is still there, then you you're gonna have to find a replacement, right? Who's gonna be that guy? So I think that they, they will have a they can have a solid team, but not being able to add any pieces that that summer come that summer transfer window is going to be tough for them because what if injuries happens? What if something happens to, I don't want to name a player to somebody, someone gets injured. Who are you going to bring? Uh, you know, like what's going to happen? You know, what, what if you're not flowing? What if you need another defense? You know, what if Joe Araujo and someone else leaves, right? Like how is the replacement? So there, there's just so many questions. I think to start from now to the summer, they, they, they will have, they, they have somewhat of a core at least for the starters to go, let's say, let's say we give, um, let's say all is good and we give Douglas Costa 
60 minutes because he gets guessed out from 60 to 7 minutes. So he's a 70-minute player as a DP. Um, who's coming off the bench to replace him for the last 20 minutes, you know? Who, who, who's, giving you, who's giving you that intensity? Who's giving you that? You know, if I feel like the Galaxy will be a good team. It's just last season they just like they just lacked depth. They had a solid. They had for the most part to finish out the year. They had a solid starting eleven. But when it came to the bench, you look at the bench and you're like, who am I gonna bring? Like who's gonna? Efrain Alvarez, who, who I love when he was coming up the uh, up with Gary G too, but he's proven not to be the guy. Unfortunately, he's not in shape. He's not. He's not. He doesn't take his career serious as, as you would expect him to be, you know, a, a player with so much talent. So just God-given talent. He only wants to work on the le- left foot and doesn't want to use his right foot. And he has the capability of scoring, but uh, only with his left. But once you figure that out, once you shut him down and he, he doesn't have the physique of a professional player, that's where it just gets limited for the Galaxy, unless they're able to sign a big DP or something like that from now into the 24th. But I think the same thing, the same question, the same questions and concerns is going to be that galaxy depth. Because if you look at the stars, you're like, okay, they have a solid starters. But once you look at the bench, if those, even if those guys say it, like I said, one guy gets injured, that starting 11 starts to get, starts to get weak. You know, as if they ever play 90 minutes with Chicharito and Douglas Costa may not be able to play full 90 minutes. Like, you know, the, the pieces coming off the bench, they just don't got that depth, and I think that's the biggest Achilles heel this season. All right, so you said that you think they'll be a good team, but what is a successful season for the Galaxy this year? They finished fourth in the West. You would think that they would want to go on an upwards trajectory, but what is successful for, for this Galaxy team? Man, it's, it's so tough because I think that uh, – um, if everybody's able to stay healthy and say, let's just say Joe Naraho is the only player that leaves this summer, uh, you could definitely find a replacement for him somewhat, somewhere. Um, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think they're going to finish as high as fourth because the season's so long. The season's so long and you have uh, uh, the, the League's Cup. You have the League's Cup, right? You're going to have those games. Both leagues are going to shut down. They're going to have want to have a great performance during that. I just think the Galaxy are going to break down. I, I just, unfortunately, because they, they won't have that, that summer transfer window so key and crucial because that's how they got Ricky Pouge. I think that's how they got Christian Pavone, too. That, those are those are big signings that change your team from being like, all right, the Galaxy last season went from, like, maybe not making the playoffs to, like, bam, the hottest team. Ricky Pouge was that guy. And you you don't you don't have that option this season. You don't have that option to – Who's the guy? Give me, give me the spark. Oh damn! I need a midfielder. I need a, I need a a, a right back. We need to go sign a right back because we know Joe Naraho. You just don't have that. You got to do it now. You're right. If you're able to do that and sign everybody now, right? But then uh, say your opponents know how to break you down. Like if we just sign a striker, we sign this or that. You know, you, you, you're going. Everybody else has an upper hand on the LA Galaxy, and, and that's just unfortunate because of what Chris Klein did and how he handled those things. To me, I, I think they're just gonna they're gonna break down towards the end. I am gonna give them some optimism. I think with all that, I think they they barely make it into the playoffs because I think now they're saying eight nine teams are gonna fight for playoff. So half the league's gonna have a shot. Like I don't think I don't think the regular season's gonna matter anymore. <laughs> you know, more than like, half. We're gonna have eighteen yeah. out of twenty nine teams uh, yeah, if they insane. go with nine. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Like so, they got a shot. I, the guy, if that happens, they have a shot. If nine teams from each conference 
have a shot. Like eighteen, yeah, eighteen out of twenty nine teams that you know they have a shot. I think they just, I think they, 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 they're, they're going to be towards the, bo- towards the bottom. I don't. Let me put it this way: they're not going to be as high as fourth, but I do think they'll be able to make the playoffs because Ricky Pouge can change the game. Um, you may, you may have some surprises. You may have other teams that may have uh, uh, injuries and everything like that. But if Ricky Pouge and Mark Delgado, and I'm forgetting Gascon, Brugman, Gascon, Brugman, if, if they're able to control the midfield, because a lot of these games, if you control the midfield, you may not have a solid defense. But if you can control that ball, not going back, back, back behind you. If you have Ricky Pouge just commanding, Ricky Pouge is so, so good in tight spaces, so, so good. And if you limit how many times the ball goes behind you, which Ricky Pouge did, and that's why they were the hottest team going into the playoffs, I think Ricky Pouge is really going to push them and everything. He's able to give them the service to Chicharito, Jovic, or Douglas Costa, whoever it is. I don't know. I don't see them finish as high as fourth because I got LAFC, I got the Union, I got Austin, um, Seattle. I just have those teams. Portland, you know, I just don't have them as high as fourth, but I think they will get into the playoffs and we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But I just think I see them in the playoffs. I think they can make a deep run at U.S. Open Cup because we saw what they did last year. Um, but look, I think I think they got to prioritize. If they're able to have a deep run like they did in the U.S. Open Cup, then you got to prioritize Open Cup. You got to prioritize. You know, I don't, it's going to be hard to prioritize League Cup unless you're hot and you're you're formed in the summer, right? And look, Liga and Mekis teams aren't going to make it easier. They're very physical teams. They're they're going to push you, especially when you have Chicharito on your team. That they're going to want to they want to make it known that you know like Liga and Mekis is better, right? So I think they have a they have a good shot at League's Cup. I mean, excuse me, at U.S. Open Cup. Um. Because I don't know if LAFC, I don't know which teams are going to prioritize U.S. Open Cup when you have all these other tournaments going on. But I think where they could potentially win a trophy um, is U.S. Open Cup. And I think they got a good shot at that. And and they have a good shot at making the playoffs. But I don't. I wouldn't put them – like, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think they're going to be as high as four as what they were last year. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Gio, where can people find all of your work at? Where can people follow you? Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me at G-O-G-I-O Garcia LA uh, on Twitter. Uh, I also have a podcast talking about both teams uh, on LA Soccer Hub, uh, social media, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, talking about these two teams. Uh, you know, it, it's a big season. Uh, you got the Apple TV. Now we're going to have everything under one thing. I signed up for Apple TV. You know, I'm excited. I've, I've been watching, you know, some of the videos and everything, some of the things that the – the content's producing there. So I'm excited for that. So yeah, I'm talking about both teams on the podcast. So yeah, you guys check me out there at Gio Garcia LA or LA Soccer Hub. 